0: My name is Javier Carlin, and welcome to Healthcare Business Radio. Join me and follow along as I learn, apply, and share the top business growth strategies that I'm currently using to grow my own business and to help you grow yours, using only the best insights and advice from top industry leaders. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Healthcare Business Radio. This is your host, Dr. Javier Carlin. And today I'm excited to bring you a very special guest, Dr. Brad Cody. Brad is a dual licensed health practitioner and successful clinic owner from Canada, where healthcare is free. He is the founder of Link Performance Therapy, a successful cash pay private practice with a focus on athletes. He has grown his clinic from zero to seven figures in revenue within 18 months of operation using a combination of proven structures, systems, and strategies that he now shares with healthcare business owners across North America who are looking to gain new patients to grow their business. Brad Mann, uh it's a pleasure having you here. Thanks. I appreciate coming on. Absolutely. Would you mind just diving into a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are today? Totally.
1: So I'm a you know dual-licensed practitioner in Canada, and I've been in the industry, like kind of health and wellness sort of industry for the past sort of 13 years in various capacities. Um, before that, I actually had a lot of business experience, and uh, I ran like an e-com-based store. I did liquidation and that kind of stuff as well, um, but sort of shifted and getting into more of like health, fitness, wellness sort of groups. So what uh, originally started in my sort of healthcare field initially was really just enamored with the body, how it can move, how you could, I was always active and doing weightlifting and stuff like that. So I was just really interested in like, how do we, how do we perform better? So initially I kind of got into it, um, realizing, okay, well, if I'm getting therapy and I'm doing some personal training then I can kind of combine them together to start getting results. So I started, I worked, you know, in a, in a basic sort of corporate gym to start and then started treating, started my own kind of solo practice where I started to figure out more about marketing niche, that kind of stuff. And through my years, I worked with NFL, NHL players at very high levels, other Olympic level athletes and, you know, very high pro levels. And I started to resonate more with the athletic kind of background. So I spent a lot of time there. Um, I did do work in hospitals and all sorts of kind of rehab work. And I didn't really enjoy that as much. So started to focus more on that for a period of time, I did do some consulting where I'd go and sort of implement personal training and wellness-based programs for clinics working kind of as clinic director, managing the businesses, doing the marketing, that kind of stuff. And eventually opened my own. I had one uh, bigger gym clinic model. I ended up selling that. And then I have two of the clinics that I work more of the strategic planning back end of kind of figured my path was less about being the face of the business and more about being the implementator at the back end. So if you ever read the book, like Traction, I'm definitely a big implementer. In getting stuff done, so started to transition myself kind of out of that, and luckily I sold a pretty large business before COVID created all these problems with the gyms and stuff like that, because there was a big gym uh, component to that model. And um, started to work the back end, and then taking a lot of the systems that I had in my clinics, marketing, sales, retention, hiring, that kind of stuff, and implementing them into basically programs people could be able to use to you know get similar results into their business. And that's pretty much what I'm starting to. do um, now is working more with healthcare practitioners, essentially on like implementing structure systems and strategies so they can effectively grow their business and, and get ideal types of patients, um, that's they pay and refer.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And I think so many great things to pull out of that. Uh, I'd love to know. So when you were doing some <laughs> weightlifting, did you ever compete? No, I never competed.
1: That's one thing I kind of wish I did do, but I never got into it. Part of it is like, I was working way too much. Like I'd work from six in the morning until 9 PM at night. And, uh, yeah, it's one thing I kind of wish I went back to doing but never did. Hey man, it's never too late. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So, I you know, I'm I'm really curious cuz you were able to grow your business rather quickly, right, to seven figures in revenue within those 18 months. So like if you had to break it down and I know there's a lot that goes or there can be a lot that goes into it, but if you had to break it down into, you know, one or two main pieces that really allowed you to get to that level as quickly as you did, what would you say those were?
1: Yeah. So like, I always tell people a story and you'll hear, you know, we all see it where it's like, people are like, Oh, I grew a million dollars overnight. Or I see Russell Brunson and, you know, Oh, I use this funnel to make $3.5 million in 30 seconds. Like the reality is, is that when I launched that business, I had a lot of infrastructure in place. So I had a lot of skill set, I had a large network. So I wasn't playing necessarily from zero, so to speak. And there were lessons that I learned over time. So, you know, but at that point, I was pretty much, you know, eight or nine years, something like that already in the industry. We're kind of running my own business. I always say like, I've never really had besides when I was in like high school, I've never really actually had. And even when I was in high school, I was doing my own business, arbitraging stuff online, liquidation, but uh, never really, I've always been my own boss, my right? Pretty much my entire life. So, I feel like a lot of the skill sets that I had developed over time, I was really good at sales because I would did personal training. And I see PTs all the time uh, or other healthcare practitioners always complaining and sales and stuff. I can tell you one thing, if you're a personal trainer, the sales process you need to master because back in the day like you wouldn't get paid if you didn't sell anything or you weren't training people. So I started to develop like how to talk to people, outcome based stuff, like trainers understand those concepts really well. That's why majority of the time, a lot of them are making more money than like PTs or <laughs> or, or other people because they understand business because they have to a little bit more. In Canada, a lot of people lean on their insurance. Oh, you know, I can bill free insurance in Canada, you know, so they lean on that. And as a result, they kind of cap themselves. So long story short, I would say like my experience and the constant pursuit to constantly improve and learn how to solve problems was like a big thing. So it wasn't like I just decided I'm going to open overnight. It's like I knew how to do a lot of things because I understood marketing, I understood sales, positioning, my network hiring and that kind of stuff. So solving problems was a big one. Number two, really understanding how to position and market and completely create omni what I call omnipresence in the community. So that way I'm doing online, offline and partnerships to build up patients really quickly. And then number three is super investing into your network because that's where you're going to pull a lot of people from. Yeah, you're going to get patients and stuff from that, but you're also going to be able to pull people from. So when I first started, I had a massive list of people because I was connecting with other practitioners, personal trainers, so on. I did continuing education courses. I taught like muscle testing, all sorts of other stuff. So I had like a list of maybe 200 people that I could pull from, which doesn't seem like a lot, but anytime I go to hire... I can now send an email out. So, you know, even during COVID, I can send an email out and say, Hey, we're potentially hiring on. Now you've got to build those relationships and that's kind of part of it, but I would say that's really, you know, the big aspect to it. So, you know, making sure you, you have good marketing in place, understanding and positioning your sales processes, making sure you have a really good network investing in it and then investing yourself into constantly solving problems and knowing that you're going to have to go outside your comfort zone, you got to, to find answers somewhere. And sometimes they're not necessarily where you think they are, they might have to search outside of your current network of people.
0: Yeah, and I think that's so big, right. And, you know, like you mentioned, a lot of people see the hey, you know, got to this point within this timeframe, but Like you mentioned, it's so important because a lot of other people might get discouraged. It's like, oh man, like that's good for him. Like he can do it. Right. But it's all this work that came before. And for a lot of people that are listening to this, whether you're, you know, currently working full time and want to start your own business, like just because you're not a hundred percent in your own business right now, doesn't mean you can start doing those things as well. that'll put you in a much better position. And it's just being proactive with that and understanding that every single activity that you're doing. Right, whether it's you know networking, learning the marketing, learning the sales, and and being more involved in the current business that you might be working for, is massive. Because like you mentioned, Brad, like learning those mindsets, the skill sets, the networks, and investing in those networks early on really sets you up to succeed. And I think that that's something a lot of people don't talk about and think about. So that's huge. You know, when you mentioned omnipresence, I think a lot of people might. Have heard that word before, but not really understand what it actually means. So if you wouldn't mind breaking that down, like what does that actually mean? What does it look like? And how do you actually become omnipresent?
1: Totally. And I I just want to touch on one thing that's important, I think, you know, for your audience too. It's that people are always in a rush in business. And the reality is you are playing the long game because you need to build assets and you need to build structures and systems and strategies that take time. And Yes, you can get, hire people like yourself to be able to help them through that process, but you still need to implement it. It's still going to take time to develop skill sets. So people often get in the mindset where they're like, well, I need to be you know rich overnight and stuff. And it's just, it's going to take time. But your commitment to solving problems and investing in yourself to consistently find them is going to help. Like at the end of the day, I always say to this, it's like, you know, like, if you're, you know, whatever, how old they are you, even if you're 50 years old now, you're starting your own practice, like you still have time. And like my mom, she's never been to college and she works a shitty job that she hates. She makes, I don't know, 15 bucks an hour and she hates working this jobs. But I'm like, well, even where you are, like you could take a year off and go do something that you want to do. But people often get stuck in the mindsets where like, it's either got to come fast enough or I can't change it or whatever. And the reality is, is that you're not wrong. Anything you think your reality around you is what you think and how you shape it. So make sure that you understand that it's a process to build a business and it's going to take commitment. And if you're committed to it, you're not planning on just, unless you're building the business and trying to sell it like a, you know, someone who's flipping businesses or building an app or something like that, then, you know, that's a different context, but you're building like a a business that surrounds your lifestyle. So that's one thing to really think about. And uh, I know I didn't answer, the other part of it. But I think that that's an important part because a lot of people get stuck into that, like need to do it now. Well, yeah, I mean, unless you're playing on dying tomorrow or, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like or selling the business, you got to invest into it.
0: It's so true. Now I'm really glad you brought that up. Cause I think there, you know, I was having this conversation with someone a couple of days ago and it's the idea of like, you know, well, I, I want to make double what I'm making in my full-time job before I leave. Right. And it's like, well, there's just a lot of you just have to question a lot of the thoughts and the thinking process behind a lot of the things that you that that you're telling yourself. Right. Because you know, many times doesn't even it doesn't make sense. And what I find is that we adopt these ways of thinking based on what other people are telling us. And it's really easy to get caught in the trap where you're setting this goal for yourself that might be close to impossible just from an energy effort and you know motivation standpoint. And you find yourself thinking, well, I have to hit this before I can do that. And like you said, it's like, you know, that's really short-term thinking. And when you're thinking long-term, it's like, Hey, if you were to make as much money working half the time, like, isn't that worth it? And why don't we set that goal first of like, let's at least get to the point where you're building some momentum to get to the point where it's like, Hey, what happened if I took 40 hours a week from here and put it into my own business? Do I trust myself enough to make sure that I'm going to, put energy and effort into making it work. And I think a lot of that comes into play too, with having that long-term vision of like, Hey, this is not a short-term stint where once I do this, like I'm done. Right. It's like, this is important to build for the long haul. And I love what you said. It's really a business that surround, like it's built around your lifestyle and that's aligned with what you want in life. And I think that's, that's so key to bring up. So thanks for that.
1: Yeah, no problem. If you're waiting for the perfect time, there is no perfect time. You just need to take action. It's the perfect time is never going to happen. going to always stub your toe or you're going to be sick. or Your kids are sick or your cat died or like something always going to happen in life, but you need to be committed to the process. And that's really the big thing. So just, you just got to start and you solve problems as you go along.
0: Yeah. So when it does come to, you know, for those that are, I guess, let's say for those that are starting off early on like for them is being omnipresent something they should focus on if it is what does it look like for someone and does it look different for someone that's just starting versus someone who's been in the game let's say for about a year
1: yeah i mean it's completely contextual like for where you are in business because there's business owners that i speak to who are just starting out but they're in the mindset of like i want to fast track i want to do this right i'm ready i'm committed and i'm going to go out put myself out there and do things that are uncomfortable and learn new skill sets and then there's other people who have been out on their own for years and they're not in the right mindset. They're very passive. They make excuses for why they're not full, um, why people are not coming to them, you know, COVID, they'll make any sort of excuse possible. So I, I would say the first thing is, that uh, is you got to really look at your mindset. And I know that's probably not the premise for today, but like, you've got to have the right mindset for stuff. And I'm sure you talk to people sometimes that are not there. And I'm sure people who are listening to this are in the right mindset. Cause if they're not, they will not be listening to this in the, in the first place. So that's kind of like the first thing that I say, but in terms of like where you are contextually, the omnipresence is an investment that takes time. And really what that means is that you have the right positioning, your messaging, and everyone kind of in your community is always going to see you. They're going to see you in community events, like JVs that you've set up and that kind of stuff. I generally say like in the beginning stages, depending on where you are, like when you're just starting your business, your first main priority is generating revenue. Don't be doing business cards. Don't be trying to design your website. Just get patience. And the reality is, is your network, you know, enough people that you could probably pull from. Now, there'll be some person on here who will say, well, Brad, I moved to a new place and I don't know anyone around. Okay. So if you took me and you put me into some place I've never been, pick me a random place and put me there. The reality is, is that like, let's put you in Mexico. Mexico City. <laughs> that might be a little more challenging. Because I don't speak Spanish. That one might be a little more challenging. In that scenario, my advice to you would be move somewhere else. But yeah, in that, I don't know if I have a game plan for that. I have to find someone who speaks English. Well,
0: then, uh, yeah. Well, let's let's make it. Let's put let's yeah. make it easier on you, man. But don't, don't if you don't speak Spanish, don't move to Mexico, especially yeah. if you're starting a business.
1: <laughs> yeah, but honestly, there has been people who who have told me, "Well, I moved to a, a town where there's three thousand people, and it's like." Well, you're kind of handicapped to some level, like you're going to have to build tighter relationships. Anyways, the starting point that I usually say is you've got to generate revenue. You've got to get patience in and collect money. Because if you don't do that quickly, you will bleed out unless you have reserve funds and you don't really care about it or whatever. But either way, I mean, we're not in business to like lose money. We need to make money so that we can invest in ourselves and so on. So your first stage is revenue. And personally, I'm a big believer in what I teach and what I do is like hybrid method, where I use organic, where I would set up joint ventures um, with synergistic partners like chiropractor, physio. I mean, if you're a PT, you should hundred percent have a physio there. Basically any type of PT that you, or any type of physical therapist you are, you should have some sort of personal trainer because those are great connections if you set them up right. So that's kind of like organic method. There's other things there. And then paid is the next. So I do organic and paid. So Facebook ads, if you're running, setting them up right and running them, like you basically cannot lose on them because the cost to advertise is so low. Unless you are running some sort of front end offer and can't rebook anyone or your sales process is broken, you can't, it's basically you cannot not make money with it. And so I always use like a combination of that. Yes, there's Google Ads, YouTube, and all those kind of things, but generally I'll start with Facebook with most people because the budgets are pretty low. I mean, even if you're running something as low as I generally say, like, if you can't run $10 a day, I wouldn't run an ad because you're not going to get that much out of it. And, you know, that's only 300 bucks a month. So if you're not willing to invest $300 a month and maybe get a couple of patients, then I would look at the business model first. But JVs, like you can set up joint ventures, two to three joint ventures. Um, you can be set. My first year of practice, I basically did joint ventures and workshops. I had a chiropractor, a naturopath, and a physiotherapist who were referring me patients. And like my first year, I did 130K out of school. Again, partly because I was working as a trainer while I was doing it and I had a network of people. But I didn't run any ads at that time. I didn't really know or quite understand that. So, you know, if I was to do it again and I had to start a new practice... I would do that joint ventures and I would use ads just because I know more about it now to kind of fast track. So you will build that omnipresence over time. But the main thing when you're starting, you got to get revenue.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, we, we actually talked about that recently even where because you mentioned it, right? People focus on oh my website and the business cards and all these other activities that mean nothing right? Because, you know, constitute a business, you know, you have to have clients. If you don't have clients, you have no business. And that should be the primary focus. And, you know, what we find, which I'm sure you find as well, is that a lot of people are just fearful of having conversations and asking people for money. And I think what you mentioned about being a personal trainer and having to do that and, and, you know, putting yourself out there is so key. And, you know, with the conversation also about insurance versus cash, I think, what happens, and I'm not sure if you agree with me, but with a lot of healthcare professionals, right, we have this cap on that it's like, hey, I'm a physical therapist and I was trained this way and we take insurance, right? And it's kind of taking that label off yourself and saying, I'm a problem solver. You have problems that I can help you with and I can bring you more value, you know, in this model as opposed to the other one. So, you know, it's very interesting because I noticed that a lot too, is that like it's six months, you've been working on this website, the website launches, And, you know, you don't have clients and you're there like, what happened? Like, why aren't people knocking on my door? It's like, it does not really work that way. (laughs) So, um,
1: yeah, well, I think people distract themselves. Like, mm -hmm. the honest truth is like, I don't think a lot of people talk about this, but they distract themselves with things that is like busy work because they're basically procrastinating without actually having to do the things that they need to do because of fear of rejection or fear of failure and so on. And Dan Kennedy says... People would rather remain unhappy than to be uncertain. And the uncertainty of going out and getting rejected or what might happen next is more painful than them dealing with sitting at three patients a week. So yeah, people procrastinate and, you know, it's just, it's part of it. Like you got to do the right things. And like in the beginning stages, like it's going to be a bit of work, but if you're not willing to commit to this, maybe I'm the demotivator here, but you know, some people should probably not people listening to this, but they should probably just work somewhere as an employee because they're going to have more consistency, less stress, more consistent income. And, you know, like business is not necessarily for everyone. And sometimes people get upset when I say that, but the reality is, is that you went back to lifestyle. Like you want to be doing things that make you happy and not stressing you out and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, it's, it's a huge thing. Like you need to make sure that you're going out and putting in the effort and doing the things that you, you need to do to be growing the business
0: yeah and you know that that's a really good point to bring up too It's really like you mentioned like if you're not a hundred percent committed and willing to do whatever it takes to make this work right, then like you said, it might not be for you, and you know if you're listening to this healthcare business radio, obviously you want to pursue this. Um, But you also have to ask yourself, like, why are you doing this in the first place? And, you know, we're talking quite a bit about mindset because it's everything. Like, if you don't have the right mindset going into this, you're not going to get very far. Brad, do you have any tips or suggestions or advice for those who struggle with fear of rejection, fear of failure? Is there anything that you've done for yourself that has like locked you into either knowing how to avoid it, completely get rid of it or maybe minimize it? Like, do you ever feel that at all? Yeah, I think there's certain times,
1: but I think a big thing for me is that like actually going through with the process of when you're nervous is totally natural to feel that way. And the more you do it, the easier it becomes. I'll give you examples. So I would like, I'll do competitive shooting. And I had like a, a bigger like event and stuff. And I'm thinking like, fuck, there's some people. I mean, sorry, I swear there, but anyways, there's some there's some people here who are, you know, like you gotta hold people watching you and stuff. Like so there's times I kind of get nervous. I'm like, oh man, I don't want to trip something up, or like we kind of psych ourselves out. But I when I get into that moment of that hyper awareness, um, whatever it is, business, you're like, oh, I gotta go have a conversation with someone, it's a difficult one. Maybe I gotta fire someone, or I've gotta tell someone I'm not hiring them, or I've got to, you know talk to someone about cash pay, and I know this person only wants insurance, you want to get yourself into a neutral state. And on one of my interviews with John folks, he talks about like, it's emotional intelligence. How do you get yourself into the relaxed position and start acknowledging how you feel? A lot of people think like, Oh, well, I can't feel this way because I'm weak or something like that. But just stop and say, well, why do I feel this way in the first place? And why do I feel nervous to talk to someone about cash pay over insurance? So acknowledge that you're feeling that way and ask yourself, well, why do I feel like this in the first place? And a lot of the time I found is that people don't feel confident in their delivery or their skill set at being able to do it. So a lot of the time practitioners, because in Canada, like people will pay a premium service from charging $300 an hour and someone can go get it at 60 bucks down the road. So why would they ever come to me? So it's my confidence in being able to say, well, these are the reasons why. And also, kind of what you said before, people are buying solutions, not services. So the more that you can position it and think, okay, well, why do I feel this way? Is it because I have some thoughts about my own personal finances? Because I feel like maybe I don't have the skill sets to be able to communicate it well enough. And then really, you know, jot those down and kind of be real with yourself and say, well, where do I... How do I improve my skill sets? How do I overcome this? And I mean, it sounds... Like, that's pretty much what I've done. But the more that you put yourself out there, eventually you're just sort of like, okay, whatever. And in terms of rejection, I kind of look at it this way. If a patient comes to me and says, or even a practitioner, I get practitioners every week who say, no, I I don't want to invest in the business or too much, or I don't want to do the work or whatever. Every week, I'm sure you do too. And that's fine. I'm not the one who has that problem. My job is to tell you what you need as a practitioner or as a a consultant, what you need in order to get to your goal. It's your job to find if you want to actually do it. And number two, to find the resources. And a lot of people will use excuses to say, well, people don't have money or whatever. There's so many people that I, when I would train where they would have no money for training and go out and buy a brand new car, like go drink on the weekend, like all sorts of stuff. So people will spend money where they want. And all you can do is build a relationship with them and, you know, improve your skills. There's certain skill sets that you can improve your communication and so on. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's not your responsibility to get that person's back fixed. If they don't want to do it or they don't want to invest the time or money or whatever, like, okay, when you're ready, let me know. Like, that's it. There's a lot of people in the world that you could probably help. And, you know, some of you are doing telehealth or online programs like that's exponential now. So even if you live in a place with 5,000 people, like how many patients do you need? When I was full doing 130 K, I maybe saw 80 patients, 80, 85 patients because they were consistently coming in. So I didn't need that many that year. Yeah. Like in a year. Yeah. Consistently people, there's probably more that I saw that didn't rebook or they were transient, like from different city or whatever. Um, but I had like consistent, solid grouping of people. So I would say like, you know, whenever you're feeling bad, like just acknowledge number one, it's normal, but why do I feel that way? And if I feel that way going into a conversation, talking about insurance, well, what do I need to do to get more confident? How do I solve that problem? There's lots of people you probably can help them on, well, how do I communicate about insurance and and so on? One thing I will say though, and this is kind of, um, you know, can be gone two ways is that the more confident you are in how you present things, the more that people will also respond. And there's a lot of communication that is nonverbal. So how you hold yourself, how you communicate, even just your cadence of speech and those types of things will tell a lot of people if you're really uppity and then all of a sudden, yeah, you know, we're going to get you super fixed up and your back's going to be awesome and everything's going to be amazing. And you're then all of a sudden you go to price. So um we don't take insurance and it's like uh $200 like people will pick up on that so you want to have the same level of energy confidence in how you present and i mean politicians are a great example of like if you say things with absolute certainty like a lot of people will believe it so yeah that's a big component like you really got to believe that you can help the person that's what i look at it's like at the end of the day can i help this person or not if i can't help them i tell them but if i can I'm going to be pursuant to like, you know, tell them like, yeah, I can help you if they can't and or don't want to do it. Okay. Let me know when you are. And, and just you, that's why you have nurture sequences and campaigns. And how can I support you in the meantime? That's it. Um, and when they're ready, they, uh, they'll come back. Potentially. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And do I nothing. I, yeah. Or do nothing. right <laughs> That's so key. Right. What you mentioned, I mean, everything you said is amazing when it comes down to how do you handle those emotions, that fear, right? Like you mentioned, it's being aware of it, understanding that it's normal. Everyone feels it. But I think so many people either push it to the side or just say, oh, that's just the way I am. It's like, that's not the way you are, right? It's just- You tell yourself
1: it is, it will be. Yeah,
0: exactly. And the more you tell yourself, the harder it is to get rid of that identity. And I think it's so important to question that, like you mentioned, it's like, hey, you simply just maybe don't know how to do something, right? Anything except for maybe physical, right? Even then you can physically make yourself taller nowadays, but but everything else you can learn. There's skills, there's mindsets that you can develop and it's being open to receiving the solutions, Right, and that, that's another piece as well. Um, but I think that that's going to be super helpful for everyone. It's like, hey, like the fear of rejection, fear of failure is normal. But ask yourself why you're feeling that way. Maybe it's it's the lack of confidence. If you're not confident in some skill or part of your business, you know, you can learn the skill, hire someone that's better at that than you, and move on from there. So I think that's going to be super helpful for everyone. You know, with because I, I know you break down the structure, the systems the strategies. Can you talk a little bit more about what that might look like and why those are like the three main pillars that you focus on when you're helping people grow their businesses?
1: Yeah. So like, it's kind of like the higher level view of it. And the structure is really how your business is set up. And part of this goes into like the patient, what I call a patient success journey. Not many people talk about it. Like Jerry Durham's like the only other guy that I really know talk about it into more depth. Uh, I think he calls it the patient something but it's, it's basically the same concept. So like understanding the structure of your business and why it exists in the first place, what problem are you solving? Who are you solving it for? And what is the path that someone takes through your business? Majority of people I talk to have no, nothing, no idea, let alone even anything implemented to that. So the whole structure of the business needs to be set up your marketing, your sales, or your um, delivery of the service, And your financials all need to be flowing from one side to the next. And that's from traction. Like you can read the book by Gina Whitman if you want to, it's more corporate based, but you can extrapolate the information down. Um, So structure is really like the solid foundation for your business and why it exists in the first place. Like then from there, you start to build strategies. So when I know that I've got a structure of, okay, I'm helping this grouping of people, or I help these people do this problem or whatever, and this is what the journey looks like. Then I can start building strategies out, strategies on how I can attract those ideal people, strategies on how I can filter them so that they get indoctrinated into good places, strategies on how they can show for their initial eval and strategies on how I convert them into plans of care and retain them and get referrals and, and build assets in my business. So the strategies are built off of the higher level structure. Most people just say, I'm opening a business. I want patients. That's it. They don't actually have a solid structure. So it's very challenging to run strategies from. So they resort to tactics, which are not necessarily bad, but they're only meant for specific purposes. A tactic, I kind of see it as like an umbrella. It's raining out, I'm going to put it up, but I'm not going to, it's only going to work for so long or like I don't need it all the time, so to speak. I might, it's a rainy day, I got to use it, but I don't want to use it all the time because you know I'm going to be carrying one around all the time and it's inconvenient. So the next thing is really the systems that you build. So the systems essentially are the processes in your business. When a lead finds out about you, first of all, how do they find out about you? What's the process to get them in your world? When they do get into your world, what's your process to move them from one stage to the next in your business? And the stage is not just patient comes in and books, but it's like, for example, I talk a lot about the patient journey, the lead, you do a call with them to filter them, initial eval, plan of care, maintenance plan, maybe other services. Referral and that kind of kicks it off again. So, what is your actual processes or system to ensure that happens? For one, to make sure it happens. Number two, to also track to say, oh, this part is broken here. We need to fix what's going on. I brought on Brad as a PT, and he's not doing his job. What, what's going on here? So, that's really where that came from: is taking the structures, systems, and strategies and marrying them together and building off of each other. Um, I kind of say it's like if you picture. The easiest way, you know, sorry for everyone who just listened to my in depth explanation, but the easiest way to think about it is you got a filing cabinet. Filing cabinets, the structure inside, you've got the file folder, a little green or beige thing that opens up. That's basically where you've got your systems, and then your strategies are the papers that go inside. So that's the easiest way to think about it for those who wanted the expedited version. Yeah.
0: No, that's some good mental imagery there. It makes a lot more sense now. I think, you know, and that's a beautiful breakdown of each of those. And one of the things that caught my attention, right. Was when you mentioned having the right systems and being able to track what's happening from, you know, the moment the phone rings to the moment that person completes a plan of care and beyond. And I find so many business owners who are like, well, you know, I convert a hundred percent of the people that buy a plan of care. It's like, no, (laughs) (laughs) that those aren't the numbers like we're looking for. It's like, obviously, right? And it's like, well, I do track my numbers. It's Like that's not really tracking your numbers. Like we can't actually extrapolate any data from that. And it's like, why? Well, convert 100%. It's like, how are you basing that off of, oh, 100% of the people that buy a plan of care? It's like, no, that doesn't. That's not really how it works. So I think- I say I think, it's, ga- it's how gamblers <laughs> report their wins. Yeah. They only tell part of the information. Yeah.
1: Yeah. and, and I that, won this much, but they lost the other. So.
0: <laughs> and it might make you feel good, but it's not going to make your business grow. Uh, and to be I, fair, a lot of
1: people don't know what they don't know. So
0: they don't even know what
1: to even be tracking. So they it's think it's so
0: tracking sales. So that, that's right. That is very true. And uh, I think, and for everyone listening right now, now you have the advantage of like, wait a second, I don't know this. Like, you know, what should I start learning that I don't know right now? And maybe you can break down why that specifically is important since we're on that topic. Now, I don't want to leave everyone hanging with not knowing.
1: With what? Like not knowing? uh... Like essentially,
0: because I know you had mentioned the idea of like knowing what's happening at every stage. Right. And being able to say, Hey, like this part right here, why is there a gap there? And being able to actually fill that gap by knowing those numbers, because if you weren't tracking them, you wouldn't know where that gap was. And I I think that that just allows you to make better decisions about your business.
1: Yeah, totally. And and like, the first thing is you want to track it. So for me, I like to use a CRM customer relation management software, because it helps to do automations. Mm. Um, EMRs are really not great at it. You need to actually have a platform to do it. So that's going to help track things. It's going to make sure things get done, save you time and that kind of stuff. But you also need to set aside time to like objectively look at the numbers. So when we talked about, you know, you're to kind of, you're to structure the business, there's marketing, marketing kicks off the sales, sales converts people into plans of care, then you deliver on the service. And then you get money and the money kind of kicks it off to start. So we look at each one of those systems. So we need to look, well, from marketing, what needs to happen? Well, we need to generate leads. Well, how many leads do we need to generate? So when you start reverse engineering it, you start, can kind of look and say, well, financial, how much money do I want to make? How many hours do I want to work? And so on. Okay, great. I want to do X number. So then I can take it back. Well, how many patient visits is that per week? Okay, well, how many patient visits do I need to get? All right. So how many new plans of care do I need? And and you start looking back and you start looking at the numbers and saying, okay, well, you know, I need 30 leads a month and that's going to equate to hitting my goals or whatever. So then you focus on the activities that hit those targets. And then if anything is off, if your conversion rates, whatever, 50%, you can look and say, okay, well, my conversion rate's at 40. So that's why I'm not hitting my results. And you really have to have that clear look. Otherwise you're just you're kind of putting out fires or maybe potential problems that don't actually exist. that makes sense?
0: Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I think that's where a lot of the, um, because not knowing what those are, you start focusing on things that really aren't going to move the needle forward. And, you know, for a lot of people might be asking at this point, it's like, well, how do I even know those numbers? And initially, right, you won't, you have to get messy. And then Track them as you go. And what you'll find is an average over the first couple of months of, of what that looks like. And you'll have something to, to base it off of. Uh, so, so initially, if you're just starting off and listening to this, it's like, hey, just do the things, right? Just do the revenue producing activities and, and track it. But you won't have the percentages until you do that, so I think that that's so important for everyone to yeah and, to realize. yeah totally yeah. And
1: you can get more you can get like more in depth with all of that kind of stuff. I generally recommend, in my opinion to like set foundations so you can build off of mm-hmm. because there's a lot of people that I talk to who get going really well, they start growing a practice, but they have no structure, mm-hmm. so what happens is they lose time they're spending ten hours a week doing stuff that they shouldn't be because they're inefficient. I do recommend like kind of starting to implement. Don't use it as an excuse or a crutch to not get started. But, you know, it's important to look and set goals. So at the first month, if I'm starting my practice to say, okay, I'm starting with zero patients, I want to make X number of dollars, I want to have X number of patients. Okay, let's say I'm going to get two patients a week. So in the first month, I'm going to have eight patients. So those are very easy to look at targets and say, at the end of the month, how many patients do I have? Halfway through the month, how many patients do I have? Oh, I still have zero. Okay, so what I have been doing for the past two weeks has not worked. So now I need to look at building a website hasn't got to be
0: patience, dang.
1: (laughs) Yeah. There's lots of people I talk to who are trying to solve the wrong problem. Yeah. So, you know, tying in with that, it's set goals for yourself and say, where do I want to be? A patients. Okay, fine. So if I look back at the first week, I got zero. All right. What did I do in the past week? Well, I built a website. It didn't work. Okay. So what am I going to do between now and the next week in order to keep on track towards those goals? And focus on solving the problem that needs to be solved. If you don't have patience on the schedule, don't be trying to do logos or colors and stuff like that. That's not going to get patience. You need to be doing the stuff that's going to generate. Go talk to some people, set up some JVs. There's lots of resources that you probably have and I have that are basic things that you can do. And if you implement them, you'll have success. So you know, don't try to solve problems that aren't there per se. And your colors, your colors and your logo and business cards and websites and blog posts and YouTube channels are like not going to solve your problem if you don't have enough patients yet. Those are problems that you will have in the future. Get going with your cash flow first. That's your main kind of priority.
0: Yeah, that's so good. For you, what has been one thing that you've learned in the last month, it doesn't even have to be the last 30 days, but over the last few months about either life, your career, your business that has completely changed your perspective? I know you know, where you're at and in Canada, a lot has happened this, this past yeah. you know year and a half. So uh, maybe it's something about that or, or anything else.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting question. So yeah, I would say there, I would honestly say there's lots of lessons to be learned, but kind of from like a, a business perspective, I would say a, a lot of it is that um, kind of what we talked a little bit about early is that people like, it's, it's really, you just need to take action and you need to implement. And the more you put yourself out there and don't fear the rejection or, or you just go through a period of time, you get to the next level. And there's a book that I really like. I always talk about it. It's one of my favorites, Predictably Irrational by Dana, really, because it really explains to people like the more you put yourself out there, the more you experience things, you could be, you build confidence and, and I'll link you to a video on that. So maybe it'll help some people out, but I, I would say it's really, you know, from a learning perspective, there's so many people that create fake things that are in their head. And that could mean that in more than one way and not just business, but they create think, problems that are not there and they get stuck into a mindset that's just fixed and they are their own problem. They're making excuses like this and that or whatever. And yeah, there's going to be things that happen all over the place. There's going to be, you know, we're now dealing with all sorts of virus stuff and that's not going to go away anytime. And, you know, there's all sorts of things. Those things are there. They're always going to be there. If they're not there, it's going to be something else. So don't focus on external things. Focus on what you want and stay focused on those. And don't use those things as excuses. Find how you can find a way around it. Because there's lots of people in the world who have done that. And people, they hate on Jeff Bezos and stuff. But listen, he's solving problems. He's solving big problems. A lot of people are making a lot of money. They're solving big problems. So
0: it's so interesting because a lot of people that hate him also buy from him.
1: <laughs> yeah, people get mad and they don't know why they're mad. And yeah. it's another conversation, but there's a video with Jordan Peterson, who's like another Canadian uh, guy. And a lot of the people don't like him, but he talks a bit about people who don't have something about people who don't have their own houses kept in order, so to speak, are the ones who are always finding excuses and they're creating their own prison, so to speak. So, you know, really what I would say is figure out what you want and then be consistent and ruthless towards getting it. And you will get there. Like you will fail a lot. Big deal. The faster you go through and fail at stuff, the better. And my big motivating Gary V speech, Tony Robbins speech is as long as you're not critically ill or like in like a Mexican prison chained up or something in someone's basement, then nothing is really that bad. You can make more money. You can get another job. You can solve something, you know, So as long as you're not in a bad situation like that, and if you're listening in a Mexican jail somewhere in someone's basement, you know, sorry, I don't know how to help you on that, but it's, and that's not that bad. So anytime you get worked up or think, oh man, bills or whatever, at the end of the day, there's an answer to there. But if you lock your mindset into like, well, this is COVID or stress or this employee or that, or I don't have a skill set, you're telling yourself stuff that's, you know, not necessarily true. I mean, if you tell it to yourself, it's you're right or you're wrong. I mean, look at the world now, if you don't get vaccinated, you're crazy and you're killing people. And on the other side, well, if you get vaccinated, you're crazy and you're killing yourself. Like it's the same argument, but it's two different perspectives. Who's right. Who's wrong. I mean, depending on who's listening to this, they'll pick a side, but the reality is just what I'm saying. It's like two different opinions. how people see the reality for each of them is real. So create your own reality and just you know, implement and and stay focused. Hopefully, that was helpful.
0: Yeah that that is that is really helpful. I love the example of it because that's exactly what's happening right now. And every person has their own reality and they created it, like you mentioned. And uh, for those listening right now, it's it's the same thing for you. Like you create your own reality when it comes to your life and your business. And uh, I think you know we dove into a lot of mindset today and it just goes to show, you know, based off today's episode, all the previous ones that it is the key. If you don't lock this in and work on it in daily, it's going to be really hard to get ahead. Or it's just going to be a lot slower for you. So make sure you fine tune that, you know, update that iOS, that internal operating software as much as you possibly can and It's going to work in your favor. So Brad, thank you so much for jumping on. This was gold. Uh, Do you mind quickly sharing with the audience where they can keep up with you if they'd like to learn more about you and your work? Yeah, you can just um, send me friend requests,
1: whatever on Facebook, Brad, B-R-A-D-C-O-T-E. Shoot me a message.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, man. And for all the listeners, thank you for tuning in and we'll see you in the next episode. Awesome. Thanks. Awesome, bro. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I know your time is valuable and I know that you are here to learn how to build a successful business. So I have something special just for you. If you are a healthcare expert who is in business or is aspiring to be, and you're curious about how to grow a profitable, impactful business, then you are going to want to pay attention because as a listener of this show, I want you to win. So I've created a bundle of resources exclusively for the listeners of Healthcare Business Radio. If you want to know how to increase your income, impact more people, and build a business that works for the lifestyle that you want and that serves your family at the highest possible level, head over to healthcarebusinessradio.com forward slash insider right now so you can win big in your healthcare business and in life.